this now for the uh, superhuman activity towards the end of this reading. The Old Testament reading is from 1 Kings 18, 41 to 46. And Elijah said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink, for there is the sound of a heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. And he went up and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose, a heavy rainstorm came, and on and Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah, and, tucking his cloak into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Many thanks, Steve, for uh, reading. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Uh, Today, uh, I want to share with you uh, what I believe are some of the key areas for us as a church to focus on in this season ahead of us. Uh, So we may want to call this uh, a vision preach, but uh, that sounds quite grand. Uh, So I see it more as me taking stock after having been here just over uh, two years, having conversations with many of you um, about the history of this place, history of the martyrs, and also about what we sense are some of the opportunities ahead of us, as well as having reflected a bit on what we have learned through this COVID pandemic. Vision is connected to the question of why. Why are we here? Why does Church of the Martyrs exist? And why do we do what we do? So I hope to respond to this why question. Uh, But please bear with me. me. I've only got 20 minutes to share with you. So it will mostly be an overview with a few specifics thrown in. On the back of over 33 years in Christian ministry, being part of and working closely with all sorts of churches, I've learned that vision is often stretchy, messy, and quite fluid. Some things that, something that needs to be, be worked on and developed and tweaked, rather than something set in stone or put in a glass frame on a wall. And a vision often feels beyond us, often quite impossible. And I believe God is quite pleased with that because he so wants us to rely on him in that journey. And of our vision must of course be connected to what we sense God is saying to us. And then our response must be to act. And in that passage from 1 Kings, 
we, uh, we, we heard that Elijah knew that God had promised rain. So he acted by sending his servant to check whether any rain clouds were forming. But there was nothing. And again, but nothing. And nothing, and nothing, and nothing, and nothing, and nothing, and nothing, until there was this tiny cloud in the distance. So what do we see in the distance that is not here as yet? So I will be sharing with with you what I think I am seeing when I'm looking. And I hope that it won't be kind of too much of a surprise to you what I'm sharing. Because it is to a large degree a continuation of what God has been speaking to us as a church about for many years. And also because it will hopefully resonate in your heart. So here we go. Firstly, Jesus. What a great place to start. I picture a Marty's church community that is and continues to be Jesus-centered. Jesus-centered. We must make sure that he is our highest priority. He always needs to be. And I'm convinced that God wants each one of us as well as a community, to go deeper with him, go deeper with Jesus, experience his love and presence more often, have a sense of him speaking to us more regularly, that we become quicker to obey Jesus, to be willing, more willing to take risks when he calls us to, and increasingly become more like Jesus in our attitude and behavior. And the Christian word for this is discipleship. The idea is that having committed our lives to Christ, that we continue to grow in our faith and grow in how we think, feel and act as a Christian believer. This is and will continue to be central to us and we can't afford to make any shortcuts. And because of time, I won't share any more about this now, apart from recommending our home groups to you. We have five, six home groups running here at the Martyrs uh, with some great home group leaders. And I believe that they are the best context for us growing in our faith and building relationship with Jesus. And here is what someone who has joined one of our home groups recently told me this week. I was in my own personal lockdown way before this pandemic lockdown. And my home group really helped me to come out of that lockdown. I truly was lost. And now I know my way. So if you're not in the home group, please consider joining one. Next. Intercultural Worshipping Community, IWC. I picture martyrs becoming an even more diverse church community in terms of ethnicity, cultures and ages. Back in 2019, we said yes to be part of our diocesan intercultural worshipping community vision. And a few months back, I shared with you about the need for us to engage in cross-cultural outreach 
to provide space for each other to express the cultural DNA within our church community. And for us to learn uh, to celebrate our cultural diversity and differences rather than seeing it as a threat. Due to the pandemic, it hasn't been easy to move this vision forward as much as I would have liked to. But we as a church are committed to this. And now, with Shoba here, she will obviously help us to drive this vision forward. Her role is to take a lead in exploring and developing new mission opportunities. To reach out to people beyond the church community. And then to eventually take a lead in forming new worship gatherings. But of course, we all need to own this vision. One area of focus going forward will be an outreach to students and young adults. A few weeks ago, I I came across a survey that was published uh, uh, on the BBC, which stated that young people in the UK are twice as likely as older people to pray regularly. Some 51% of 18 to 30 four-year-olds polled said they pray at least once a month, compared with 24% of those aged 55 and over. And interestingly, many more of the younger age group attend a place of worship, although not necessarily Christian worship, uh, but many more attend a place of worship every month compared with older people. And with around 64% of our parish made up of 18 to 44-year-olds, way above the national average of 37%. We have this amazing opportunity to connect with and impact this age group. And being located so close to the DMU, it seems right that we should continue and increase our engagement with this very diverse body of students many who live within our parish. So specifically, we hope to soon begin a midweek home group for students. We want to reach out to students via Alpha or other events. We want to run our 615 evening services with youth and young adults in mind. And to also continue to work in partnership with other churches and organizations seeking to serve local students such as Friends International and Fusion. I know I'm racing, but are you still with me? Okay, one or two nods, great. Thirdly, children and youth. I picture a place where many more families are connected in. For a shake toddler group filling this place, for holiday clubs, messy churches, guides and brownies to impact even more local unchurched families. For youth to have a safe place to explore their world within a Christian understanding and framework where they feel that the church is relevant to them and a place where they are encouraged to take risks. And I want to make it clear that all age groups of people are needed here at the Martyrs for us to be a thriving church. 
I spoke a few months back about the intergenerational church. And I mentioned that we want to be a church which provides a space for people of different age groups and generations to bring their gifts and their perspectives to the wider church. However, although I'm super grateful for all the families, children and youth we have here at the Martyrs, we need to be a church that's able to attract others. Bishop Martin, during a YouTube message a couple of weeks back, said this, I quote, If we want to reach children and young people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, we will have to do things differently. The reality is that we have tiny numbers of children and young people in our churches. We really need to face that fact. Let every one of us see it as our mission to reach children and young people in our communities and give them equal place in our churches and fresh expressions. One particular opportunity going forwards in our sorry, unquote. One particular opportunity going forward in our connection, connection with is our connection with local schools and particularly Shaftesbury Junior School just across the road. And there will hopefully soon be opportunities to help with assemblies, early intervention mentoring schemes, after-school clubs, and church visits throughout the year. Number four, mission and outreach. I picture a community that loves to engage in sharing Jesus with others wherever they are, and a church which, which continues to prioritize in helping some of the most needy, broken and overlooked people in the society. Mission is often described as the whole gospel to the whole world. And I believe there are two areas in particular we need to focus on. Firstly, evangelism. I would love to see more of us here at the Martyrs feel equipped and are motivated to share the gospel with people around them. This is partly, of course, about receiving training and teaching, but also opportunities to just do it. None of us are experts, and witnessing should not be for the few, but for the many. Practically, I'm keen to identify a few people here at the Martins who can take a lead in this and can motivate others to get involved. And... I would also like to see us grow in confidence to grab the natural opportunities that come our way throughout the week. Everyday faith. So evangelism. But secondly, social justice. And often, of course, they are interlinked. Social justice. At the Martyrs, we have this incredible history of working with some of those least privileged in our society such as those who are struggling with debt and faced with homelessness. This is part of God's mission going forward. And going forward, I want to do all that we can to continue to support money matters and baby basics, as well as local food banks, and further to partner with Sound Cafe and One Roof Project. And what do we need to do in the response to the climate crisis? What about mental health and well-being challenges 
we are faced with. What else do you carry in your heart? God's mission mandate clearly covers this area. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. I know I've been rushing through and there's so much more I could uh, uh, share with you about the vision. But this is at least a brief outline of what I see when I look. And of course, much more work and discussion and listening is needed. On the 6th of November, the PCC and others in the leadership roles here at the Martyrs will meet for an away day to explore these and other issues related to where God is moving us toward. But for the last few minutes, ahead of the consultation taking place after church this afternoon, let me please say something about name reordering. What we do with this space here is really important. How is this sacred building enabling us to fulfill our vision? It is, therefore, about lighting and sound, heating and flooring, and in particular the focus in conversations have been whether to replace our pews with chairs. And I have in this very short time tried to share with you what I sense God is calling us to. And I want to be upfront with you all that I believe very strongly that replacing these pews with chairs would significantly help us in our mission and ministry. And particularly in our mission to the unchurched, to those out there. So one of the key questions is then, what do we want to do in this space that we can't do now? I believe there are many things. Firstly, it's regarding a flexible space. And because of time, let us just explore the things we are currently doing or about to do this term. The Alpha course. This eve we have another Alpha session with close to 30 people attending. We manage, but it feels squashed. Just before the pandemic hit us, we ran an Alpha course with 45 to 50 people here, many of you included. And this space wasn't really big enough. Not for catering at the back, and most certainly for discussion groups. We were limited to having three larger groups, when four would have been much better. Movable chairs would make this possible. Sheikh toddler group. A couple of weeks back, I visited Sheikh, and there were 16 toddlers with their parents and carers present. Irene told me that we probably only have space for a few more kids to come along with the current layout. Light party, as we already heard about, taking place this Saturday. A time when we invite both churched and unchurched children to come along to have fun, play games, sing action songs, do crafts. We can do this with 15 to 20 kids, possibly even 25 kids. But it would be extremely challenging if we had many more. And many of the activities that we would have loved to do is currently limited 
due to the space taken up by the pews. Baptism. Next Sunday morning we will have baptisms taking place by the font at the back of the church. And I love baptisms. But again, it is a struggle with space. We will manage with some people congregating by the font and most people sitting in the pews following the proceedings via the screen. But it's not great. Baptism is about welcoming people, children and families to faith and to church. With movable chairs we can all face the font and better engage with those getting baptized alongside their family and friends. Messy church style, all age service. The first one of these term services will take place in a couple of weeks time. And these are meant to be interactive services with the whole congregation involved, moving around, visiting different stations, doing crafts, doing prayers, discussions. We will try to manage, but not easily. All of these events I've just mentioned often involve the unchurched and visitors. And that is my big concern in all of this. How do we make our church more accessible and welcoming to unchurched people? Because this, I believe, must be central. And if I had more time, I would talk about the challenges our current layouts affects prayer and marriage course which involves small groups interacting with each other. Prayer ministry on Sunday, 6.15 service, worship ban, and also refreshments at carols by candlelight, and funerals, and and memorial services, when there's often a large number of people present. A flexible space would make it easier to offer creative spaces for prayer events, such as the prayer day we held just prior to the pandemic with various prayer stations spread across the church. A flexible space would give us options to do something different in terms of layout if we choose to plant a new congregation at church with the help of our pioneer minister. But it's also about a welcoming space. I believe having movable chairs will make our church more welcoming as it encourages participation and engagement with the service and each other much more than what is possible with the pews. Instead of looking at people's backs, we can think about how best to set the chairs out in order to make it easier for people to engage with others in conversations and general interactions. The aim is not to replace pews in a straight line with chairs in a straight line. In particular, the aspect of welcome relates to the way pews in a row provides a barrier of inclusion for those with certain disabilities. Movable chairs will enable the space to be more accessible for people in wheelchairs and mobility scooters, or those with prams and pushchairs, as well as for those who are somewhat less mobile, those with back issues, and those who are currently finding it hard to get into the pews through a very narrow space. And I'm nearly finished. Finally, relevant space. Because I don't believe it's just about flexibility, it's not just about a welcoming space. 
It is more generally about what message pews communicate, particularly to those who are new to church. You can't see this, I think. Uh, It's a very small font. Let me just read what the current Bishop of Kensington wrote in an article about this this issue a little while back. I quote, Pews were a modern invention that served the mission of the church at one time, but arguably no longer do so today. As Sir Roy Strong, former director of Victoria and Albert, says, Until the 20th century, the country church could be altered and adapted in response to the religious changes that affected the Church of England. Now the church is all too often frozen in time. This is an argument for a return to proper old traditions of the church, with churches as genuine community spaces for the service of the whole community and the mission of the church. Such a change need not sacrifice a sense of the sacred. Art exhibitions, sensitive use of decoration, even notice boards, can all serve as semi-permanent witnesses to the faith for those who use the building. If we are serious about the survival and future of the church, we need to thank the pews for their sterling service, but tell them politely that their day is over. We must not be frozen in time. We need to innovate and move forward. At the forefront in our minds, we need to consider the unchurched, young adults and families. And I just want to, uh, I, I realize that, you know, there are of course many, many questions that uh, we still have. And uh, there are many things I haven't had time to share with you now, such as how the role or how we may use our community hall. And of course the cost for a potential name project. The timeline for such a potential project. Uh, Some of these uh, issues may, of course, be raised at the consultation shortly. However, this morning, I just wanted to share with you what I see when I look ahead on the back of many conversations with many of you. And I'm excited and I'm expectant as we move forward together. Amen.